1: Manu Samoa, two inside Japan's half, need to win the line-out and it's been stolen by Japan. Time up on the clock here, Nagare surely just has to put it into touch. Matsuda does just that. And Samoa, as brave as they have been in the second half, falls six points short. Japan are still in the running for a quarter-final spot, Manu Samoa it won't be their tournament
0: yeah, they showed some life though haven't they in this last 25 minutes uh, we, t- we spoke about how the game got really messy just after half time lots of players coming in and the transitional nature of a game does change at that point a lot of resets at scrum time some lineouts as well a bit messy but then we just saw War come to life 14 men largely for this half their ability to score points and then now just come so strong towards the finish line. Again, I keep going on about the character of a team. It's, it shows the soul that they have. Um, really commendable. But Japan now, they get one shot at uh, getting through to the quarterfinals.
1: Theo McFarland is still sat on his haunches on the field here in Toulouse. So is Jonathan Talmatani, pointing skyward a depiction of dejection. Christian Lealia funnel. This brave, brave man, he tried to will his side over the line in that second half. The Japanese players shaking hands with the Samoans who are strewn across the pitch here in Toulouse. Heartbreak for Manu Samoa, but the brave Blossoms are still in contention for quarterfinals. A structured performance, and they did just enough. No bonus point, but it won't matter. A winner-take-all fixture for Japan against Argentina next weekend. Full-time here, 28-22. Well, post-match thoughts and Strawn. Just in the the moment, I guess, having a look at it. And our post-match thoughts with Vector on gas bottle swap. Brave, as you said, from Samoa, but ultimately Japan probably just too much in the tank attack-wise tonight.
0: Yeah, I think so. That was the key to it, wasn't it? I mean, their defence was also impressive. You know, they suffocated... Uh, Samoa, particularly in that first 25 minutes, uh, Samoa were almost bereft of ideas, didn't know how to break that down, they worked it out the back end of the half, so a big plus for the Japanese defence early, and then their attack, as we say, just their ability to to shift the ball wide, and I keep going on about Tony Brown, but that was his flavour when he had the Highlanders, uh, they got the ball wide really quickly, and then when they come
1: off their second, third ruck out wide, it it was always impressive. Lamiki Lamano will be called official player of the match uh, by the World Rugby commentary team, but uh, here at SNZ we may have a different idea. But more to come on the post-match show, thanks to Vector on Gas Bottle Swap. Easy, safe, quick and convenient. Short break, stay with us. Wow, what a morning. And what a game. One of the most entertaining games we have seen. Plenty of controversy as well. Two yellow cards, the red card to Ben Lamb as tournament will be done with just one game remaining for Manu Samoa against England next week, but it won't be enough for them. They will not be making the quarterfinals of this tournament. Japan, though, is still very much alive. Welcome to the post-game show with Suzuki, the ultimate outboard here on SENZ. Scotty Stevenson alongside Ant Strawn. Dan McCarty will join us at 10.30, filling in for Ian Smith while Smithy's away cricketing in India. Take a breath. Goodness me.
0: Well done, mate. It was a It was, it was a, an entertaining game. We, we thought it would be. We talked about the contrasting styles and uh, we also s- spoke just a moment ago about how good the J- Japanese attack was. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day it was the key for them. Uh, and the initial 20 minutes really made a statement. But of course, you know, we talk about Manu Samoa, how... Fourteen men. They just kept coming, didn't they? They never gave up on it. And I mean, Lelia a final. We, we, we did also agree that was was the catalyst. I think to a big, you know, the big part of the last fifteen minutes. They had some wonderful contributors as well, but uh, they showed some real fight and uh, and character. And that's what you want in a team. Mm. Now, I mean, now they're, they're gone, obviously, out of the competition, which is disappointing for them. But by the same token, uh, they could be proud of their of their back twenty minutes. I think. And of course, Japan
1: go on to fight another day. They sure do well speaking of Christian Lealefanul time now for the farmside great moment brought to us by Farmside Mobile and Broadband and Joy one bill and to me it's Christian Lealefanul's try it was the try that got Samoa back within 6 points right by the left-hand upright uh, it just showed every ounce of his bravery as a player Christian Lealefanul
0: yeah and also they came off about 3 or 4 racks so it was about ruck 4 he ran and he was by himself And there were four defenders in front of him who were actually spaced. So he had to use a little bit of footwork to punch through, but it was his body position. And it was like, if no one else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. And he did that exactly right. And, of course, it gave him a wonderful chance to actually win the game because it was so close to the post. And he kicked
1: his own conversion the Fletcher Living try of the day uh, a few to choose from for the Japanese three in fact but which one for you And Strawn makes the greatest as our Fletcher Living try of the day I think it was the Michael Leach try uh, because where it started well mm. inside the Japanese
0: half on the left side the wonderful strike play to get the ball to Lameki and then of course from that wide ruck on the right they shifted the ball all the way back to the left and the final pass was superb too to Leach and of course uh, you know he's ever present isn't he he didn't over commit he just stayed on that left side and scored to try reward for a really, really impressive match from him.
1: Yeah, he was outstanding as always, Michael Leach. He's been an absolute warrior for this team. Noted in the commentary about uh, just how famous he is as as a sportsman in Japan, which I think a number of players here might raise an eyebrow at. He can't go anywhere in public without being noticed. Michael Leach, and that's a big town, Tokyo, I'll tell you that much. Uh, we move to our toughest of the day here, and, and not necessarily this uh, from the winning side, but uh, there's one player we mentioned in our preamble before the game, Ant Strawn, and Strawn, and he lived up to every bit of the hype today, didn't he? Theo McFarland. Yes,
0: exactly. I mean, if you, if you look at, uh, at a position of Locke and you look at all the critical pieces you need in your role, I think he almost delivered every one of them, mm. and some. And when you say and some, it means the player himself is not satisfied with just his role. He'll go and look for work in other areas. And of course, the bits he did for Samoa kept them in the game. And I mean, bar a couple of little knock ons in there that could have been anything,
1: uh, he, he just had an absolutely complete performance. Well, speaking of complete performances, uh, we do need to look at our Take Charge Player of the Match, brought to you by MG4 Electric, quality and performance with a seven-year warranty. Uh, World Rugby named uh, Lemecki as their Player of the Match. Are you in agreement on that call?
0: Yeah, I am. And, and the reason why is uh, he came in to do a job. His job was to look after the backfield. His job was to get on the edges and use his pace and acceleration and power to to break contact, which he did. And also he made some really important plays, I think, uh, at times, which the team needed. So uh, he, he delivered his job and some, and uh, that was important.
1: Yeah, our toughest of the day brought to you by Yakka Workwear for a new breed of legends. Our take charge pro of the match by MG4 Electric. Uh, we've had our great moment, which of course was the Lea Lea final try. For Japan now, they they will take on Argentina and again you talk about contrasting styles, it really will be the same against the Argentinians who so far in this tournament have failed to fire. We'll get a a better idea of their attack against Chile which shouldn't trouble the scorers too much. Um, Well, will trouble the scorers if Argentina play to their potential. Uh, But look, it sets up a, a thrilling finale to this pool.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, you're right. Argentina are a big physical team, aren't they? I mean, they've beaten up the All Blacks a few times. Uh, that's their MO. But I think what they need to develop and Chile is a really important game for them to develop their attack because when they get the attack right, their stacked up attack. They're really hard to stop. The, the The danger for mine is that Argentina would have watched this game, and they'll see where Japan are vulnerable, and it's around that ruck. So yeah. they are going to have to tidy that up because those big men, those big pumas, are going to head down that track. Quick, smart.
1: Yeah, Marcos Kremer and Pablo Matera and Thomas Lovanini running at you all day long. That's a that's a very different scenario to face up to. Uh, it's been an entertaining game in Toulouse. It really has here on the Suzuki fully fitted offers the ultimate outboard motor. Post game show, we're going to take another quick break here. When we come back, we'll continue our summation of the match and look forward to the rest of the weekend. Yeah, welcome back to SENZ and the Kogan commentary box. It is the post match brought to you by Suzuki, the ultimate uh, outboard. Not on board. We're on board. And Japan were on board today as well, on board the points table. And they are currently second with an all-to-play against Argentina next weekend. Just looking ahead and to uh, the schedule, thanks to Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Of course, the fixture of most interest to New Zealand fans will be the All Blacks Italy tomorrow morning, 8am. Commentary of that here on SENZ with Daniel McCarty. Uh, looking forward to his call of that game. Uh, we spoke a little bit pre-match, but for those who have just tuned into SENZ and whether you're at work or driving about the place today around Aotearoa, it's an intriguing fixture for me. And one, I truly believe the All Blacks are going to come out absolutely hissing after that couple of weeks. Um, away from the spotlight in Bordeaux, working on the detail, I think we'll see a disciplined effort from them. And I think it'll be too much for Italy to live with. And Now, I know... You don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but I, I don't share this almost latent pessimism that floats around New Zealand when it comes to this game. Yeah, I agree 100%. Plus, also,
0: that they're a bit dinged up, mm. the All Blacks. So it's given them a time to recover. Um, I see Sam Kane obviously coming off bench, but uh, most of their pieces now are coming back to full fitness. Mm. Um, that includes Ritalik and the like. So, um, arguably, it's their best side they could roll out, bar Sam Kane in the starting lineup. And uh, they'll need to make a statement. Yeah. but uh, the Italians aren't just going to fall over and let them do it so uh, the first 10 to 15 minutes I mean it's an old cliche isn't it the first 10 to 15 minutes of a match but that's the key for me really strong set piece scrum line out and then their attacks
1: got to go to work with confidence and the key players have to contribute to that I, ju- I just look at all the narrative at this World Cup is around Ireland, South Africa, France. Uh, I can't remember a World Cup where New Zealand was not mentioned in dispatches uh, the way they have not been in this World Cup. And I actually think that's a real positive for this all-black side. It just gives them an extra motivation that perhaps none of them in their careers have had before. This feeling of being not just an outsider, but a genuine outsider in the eyes of the world. Totally agree. Again, we're on point today. We're (laughs) we're agreeing with each other but I mean, if you look at the
0: global game now, you know, there's so many nations now that are at the sharp end Mm. and and can win this tournament. I mean, it was an exciting tournament going in because we talked about seven or eight teams that could win it. We're still at that point and of course, you know, the lens off New Zealand is unique Mm. because we always see them heavily involved in, in all discussions like saying they're heading to semi-finals or, you know, who's going to play the All Blacks in the final? Well, that's, not happening, no, that's, and that's exactly uh, you right. know, they've got to navigate through tomorrow, and that's not going to be easy for them to, to present at a quarter final. Of course, we know what's just around the corner if they do get there. Um, none of their matches are easy from this point forth.
1: No, I agree. And yeah, the other thing for me is, uh, and while it's not this weekend, we can can address it. Uh, Ireland have got a bit of a breather, but um, they've still got to beat Scotland in that last game to make it through. and If I know anything about Gregor Townsend and his coaching staff, Brad Moore, part of that coaching team as well, the former All Black assistant, they would have looked at the draw and they would have said to themselves now for the last 18 months, that's the game. That is the game of our World Cup, that one. Take it or leave it against the box, but that is the one we're going to target. Tough because they haven't beaten Ireland since 2017 and they'll need a bonus point to do it and uh, to prevent Ireland getting a solitary point. But even so... You know, that's not an easy task for Ireland either. And they don't want to get too far ahead of themselves because their quarterfinal record at Rugby World Cups, their knockout record at Rugby World Cups, is not great.
0: No, it's not. And also, they, they have become unstuck a bit against Scotland before. So the, <laughs> if, we, if we pull up the history books, uh, there's certainly some losses in there for Ireland. I mean, they are at the, the, the top of their game, though, let's be honest. So mm. you would think with a short break, just to recover and get the right pieces back in action, it'll be, it'll be tough for them. But here's an interesting thing we don't often talk about. Look at the Northern Hemisphere teams.
1: Mm.
0: You know, we'd normally write off probably Scotland and Wales. Well, they're both hissing along at the moment Ireland going pretty good and that England team we talked about it before this commentary you know they're, pro- they're probably heading to a semi-final with the way they're going so yeah. um, you know it's, it's been a shift hasn't it we've seen the Northern Hemisphere catch up but not just one team all four now collectively
1: uh, you know a possibility certainly get to semi-finals you say that I mean I take a slightly different angle on that though Ant. I mean England were finalists last year wales were semi-finalists last year uh both scotland no scotland weren't they were knocked out by japan but ireland were quarter finalists last year Uh, i I guess the difference for me is that they're being talked about as champions in a much more uh, unique way than they were and especially ireland i mean ireland's transformation over the last five six years has been huge hasn't it but even so um i I just think the north might just be getting a little bit too far ahead of itself here i'm not going to write off the spring box in this tournament. I'm not prepared to write off New Zealand. Um, Australia are the outlier, really, because um, let's be honest, they're pathetic. But, you know, the other two teams, they've got the World Cup pedigree. No one's won it more than South Africa and New Zealand. Uh, they're there or thereabouts. And and the thing for me is, how much further can Ireland go in terms of improvement? I don't think a lot. How much more improvement is in that Springbok side? I don't think a lot. There's probably 40% and that all-black side to improve upon yet. And if they get there, I, I'd say look out. Southern Hemisphere always in contention.
0: There's no <laughs> question about that. The, the thing for the, just going back to the Northern Hemisphere pieces, it's what they're doing now. Mm. So they, they're going to be at the sharp end, but their game has adjusted accordingly to actually be genuine mm. finalists. Mm. Whereas we often talk about, oh, they'll get to that point or they'll get to that point. But all four of those teams, if they have their day, yes, they can be in the final, yeah. um, and I don't think we've said that often about Northern Hemisphere teams going forward. And of course, South Africa can win any game at any point in time. All Blacks, yes, there is a massive improvement in them, and let's not forget France. I know we are not quite sure where the Ponts going to be. And oh, he shouldn't it play. shouldn't be about one player, but no. they'll get him out there for sure.
1: Absolutely, he'll be there for the quarterfinals. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, Argentina take on Chile. We've covered that match. Off well, that is uh, points Pinata time for the Pumas. Uh, Fiji, George is an interesting clash. Fiji. Look, it's all for them. A win there and they're in. And uh, Australia are on the plane. Uh, so I think they'll have enough motivation. I think Georgia's gone backwards, actually, since Milton's left. I, I, didn't, I haven't thought much about their game so far at this World Cup. That draw last up was, I think, beneath them as a nation. Especially one that, that has claims to join the Six Nations. That, that was not uh, in support of that claim.
0: Yeah, their success was synonymous with Milton Hague, wasn't it? He, mm-hmm. he was impressive, and he certainly brought that nation to the forefront, uh, playing the very best they could. And, of course, this tournament's really tested them, I think. But it's a bit of a banana skin for me, for Fiji, yes, because... You're not well, the first to say that. Yeah. G- Georgia just play power. Um, you know they have got some attacking prowess but at the end of the day they're going to try and beat up a a big Fijian team and of course you know they're going to have to take that and absorb that but of course when they get the ability to shift the ball as they do unbelievably extravagant style of play
1: unorthodox at times tough to beat. Scotland will take on Romania I don't think we need to say too much about that that's a fait accompli uh, really Uh, I would have said the same about Australia, Portugal once, but look, you know, Australia have got to finish on a high, don't they? And the unfortunate thing for the Wallabies is, you know, everything is about their coach, nothing's about their players. Uh, It has been since Eddie Jones arrived in Australia. Uh, You know, watching the disintegration of both him and that Wallabies side has been, mate. To be honest, it's been tough to watch. It is, and this probably sounds drastic,
0: but someone in that leadership group in in an Australian team needs to say Eddie. Just stand aside this week, we need to take this and we need to deliver a performance uh, mm-hmm. based on on the culture that we have created as a group of players. Uh, not doing Eddie any discredit at all, but he well, doesn't he, need to be around this he, group. He does that to week. himself. Yeah, yeah, he,
1: yeah but it's, he then there's the question. Who in that group does it? He left all the he left all the experience behind, apart from Nick White. And if, if you're Nick White, that's exactly what I would be saying. I agree with you. Eddie, we'll, we'll take it from here, mate. We're going to go out and have some fun, at least show what we can do in that last game. Um, boy oh boy, if they lost to Portugal, that would be something. Uh, it would be the apocalypse in Australian rugby. It really would. <laughs> I, and I wouldn't be dancing around the bonfire either. Uh, you no, see, not, that's, that's not, not, not the way all. it should be.
0: I mean, but it's you know they're going to have to have a really good look at Australian rugby mm. without being sounding too drastic. Clear the clear the decks have a look at where all the the, the points are that they need to improve on and I'm sure they'll come back but it'll take time.
1: Yep sure will and finally mate uh, as we look through this with Kubota South Africa take on Tonga been a tough tournament for the Tongans I think rather like the Samoans you know good in parts but just overall just a bit of a limited side especially in their pack they brought a backline superstar backline to the tournament but they just haven't been able to generate enough ball.
0: Now, but blending Northern Hemisphere Tongan players with mm. Pacific Island Tongan players and New Zealand-based Tongan players, never easy to bring no. those uh, all those pieces
1: together. All right, well, that is it for our Rugby World Cup coverage, live coverage on SENZ. Daniel McCarty will have the call of the All Blacks taking on Italy 8am tomorrow. And speaking of Snake McCarty, he's in the hot seat for Ian Smith as well. Coming up... In just a moment's time, it's been great to have your company this morning. On behalf of Ant Strawn, I'm Scotty Stevenson, wishing you, wherever you are around Aotearoa, a fabulous day. Thank you and good morning.